This is the Inherit Dream Podcast Network. Welcome to the Trevor J. Brown Show. The Trevor J. Brown Show is meant for an adult audience. The Trevor J. Brown Show may contain explicit language and topics. Listener discretion is advised. This is the Trevor J. Brown Show. Be a part of the show and email us at inherentdream at yahoo.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Trevor J. Brown Show. Visit our website at inherentdream.com. And now, your host, Trevor J. Brown. And we welcome you into another edition, the final edition of 2022 of the Trevor J. Brown Show. On the Inherent Dream Podcast Network, we have a stellar show lined up for you including a free-for-all Friday. Mark Stone is here for weekly football picks. The NFL season winding down some crazy games. Crazy games last week. We'll talk to Stone about some of those. We'll also get his thoughts on the upcoming slate of games this weekend. We have a fresh moron spotlight for you, and we fire up book club tonight. I'll give my thoughts on the latest from Chris Wallace, but I I've been sitting on this story for a while. We just have so much good stuff. Sometimes stories that I save sort of slip through the cracks and we don't get to talk about them as much. And honestly, I, I would love your thoughts on this story. I'd love your thoughts on any story or any topic inherent dream at yahoo.com. Uh, this one was was from a few months ago. You remember the the thing from like Disney World over the summer, and uh, there was there was some incident where one of the the characters ignored a child or something, and that ended up making national news. So the headline on this was Chuck E. Cheese deeply saddened after mother posts video of mascot ignoring black child the family hosting the birthday party said the mascot ignored their entire group Chuck E. Cheese corporate office said the company was deeply saddened after a family posted a video showing its mouse mascot ignoring a black child during a party at a New Jersey location over the weekend Natanya Mohammed 29 posted a video Sunday of her two-year-old daughter Safa at a Chuck E. Cheese birthday party in Wayne the day before. In the video, the mascot comes out and offers high fives to a group of children on the stage who all appear to be white and then ignores a small black girl who tries to get the character's attention. The video has been viewed more than 3 million times on Twitter. I stopped recording. I actually tapped Chucky on the arm to let him know that Safa was standing right there and he ignored me. Safa had never seen Chuck E. Cheese in person, so her mother was excited to get her reaction on camera. Mohammed said their family was in the party room because Safa was a guest of one of the birthday parties. She said the mascot didn't go to their table at all until a manager pushed it to. The location's manager told Mohammed that the mascot hadn't seen her daughter and insisted on arranging a photo for Safa with Chuck E. Cheese, but Safa was visibly upset. Mohammed said she was looking for a lawyer to discuss her options about a potential lawsuit. I have not uh, seen a follow-up to this story to see if she was able to find a lawyer, but I I want to come back to that part in a second. Muhammad said, you don't do that. Not only was it unnecessary, it was inhumane to do that to a toddler. 
Muhammad was a guest of Tawan Thompson, 51, who was hosting a birthday party for her two-year-old grandson that afternoon. Thompson said the mascot ignored her grandson's entire party and then walked past their table and interacted with a family who was having an event at another table. Thompson spoke with two managers at the location who offered to have Chuck E. Cheese come back and spend time with their party, but she declined. The next day, Thompson's daughter spoke with a general manager who said they were unaware of the incident. I want to go back to this part here. The uh, the location manager, after this whole thing happened, where Chuck E. Cheese ignored the daughter, the location's manager told the mother, Muhammad, that the mascot hadn't seen the daughter and insisted on arranging a photo for Safa with Chuck E. Cheese. So, hey, we messed up, even if we are racist, even if they admitted to that, hey, we made a mistake, uh, we don't want to do this, but hey, we'll, we'll arrange a photo. But then the daughter, the youngster, was visibly upset. Well, I don't think uh, Safa was upset knowing that perhaps there was racist motives involved. I think Safa was a, a two or three year old or however old this kid was. It was a two year old's birthday party. So she was probably what, two or three. I think Safa, <laughs> have you ever seen a kid go and meet Santa Claus for like the first time in their life? And 90% of the pictures that these kids have with Santa Claus, they're all red in the face, they're bawling like they're going to sit on the lap of a serial killer. And they're just, they don't even know, there's this strange man in this strange outfit. Kids, I'm sorry to break it to you, but your little two-year-old has no idea who or what Santa Claus is. So I guarantee you they have no idea who or what Chuck E. Cheese is. I mean, it, these kids ball when they see Santa Claus. And Santa Claus looks like an old grandpa figure with gray hair dressed up in a red suit. What are they going to think? First off, you took them to Chuck E. Cheese. That's a crime right there. You took them to Chuck E. Cheese. And now there's this big old mouse that's dressed up. Yeah, it would probably terrify some kids too. The thing is, is that a two-year-old doesn't know anything about race a two-year-old doesn't know anything about uh right or wrong a two-year-old doesn't know anything about uh gender or sexuality or numbers or letters or anything like that and if they do the only reason that they do is because you told them so and they're not going to keep that knowledge that's why two-year-olds don't go to school yet. Your brain is developing. In fact, your brain, your brain's not fully developed until what, you're 25? And we act like these, these children that are that are two or three, that, well, she she told me she was upset. We found that to be very weird that Chucky didn't come over. Uh, because because she was black. No, you you felt that. You as the adult felt that. And I'm not saying that, I don't know, maybe the guy in the Chuck E. Cheese outfit, maybe he's some member of the Ku Klux Klan. I don't know. I hope not. I hope they do some vetting. But but my, my point is this. Uh, I've been to... Uh, I didn't, I, I've been to a Chuck E. Cheese before, but for I, it was as an adult... 
to a children's birthday party. And I always felt that Chuck E. Cheese, I don't know if this was a national thing or, or not, but, but uh, you know, Chuck E. Cheese was more for, for children. But when we were growing up, you know, and I'm 36, we had circus pizza and circus pizza was so much cooler because it was honestly like Dave and Buster's before Dave and Buster's was even a thing. And I really can't remember the pizza. I thought it was like, I don't know, you're a kid. So it was like, oh, you get pizza and you get to go play Mortal Kombat on the arcade and NBA Jam. And they had a ski ball and they had air hockey and they had ev- you know, everything that you could think of. And you got to have pizza and you got to hang out with your friends. And it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. But they had mascots and stuff walking around. And I've been to sporting events where you're a kid and you go try to meet Crunch at a Wolves game or TC the Bear and you wave to him. Well, if one of them doesn't wave back, it doesn't mean that uh, TC Bear is a drunk and a racist or Crunch is a racist. I don't know who's in the suit. Why are we assuming that the guy in the suit's white? Do, do we know that for sure? Because then is it a story? It sucks that you felt that way. I get that. But there's a lot of there's a lot of different things. I'm not saying that, well, yeah, he, Chuck E. Cheese has the right to be a racist if he wants to. No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that there's a lot of assumptions that we make in these news stories these days. And first off, is it even a story? Did Chuck E. Cheese openly go up the guy in the outfit and openly say some heinous racist garbage to your party at the table. Okay. Well then that, that, okay. If that happened now, we, now we have a serious issue and now we could talk about a lawsuit or something like that. But for a mascot, for, for a a man or a woman in a mascot outfit to not come up to your party and to think that that's some, some racist thing, that's a lot of assumptions. First off, you're assuming that the guy in the outfit or the girl doesn't look like you. And why is that? Why why do we automatically assume that the guy or the gal looks like someone else? Or, well, we have a party of, of uh, you know, the, these people were, were black or whatever. Oh, well, the guy in the outfit was white. Mm, well, do we know that for sure? Or do you just assume that because Chucky is, Chucky Cheese is, is he white? Chuck E. Cheese isn't real. I it just, it's it's all of these stories all of the time. And then to say, well, we might have to get a lawyer. A lawyer for what? Because your feelings got hurt? Your feelings got hurt. Your daughter, who's two, had no idea what was going on. I, I, again, I've been to many games. I've been to Wolves games when I was younger. You try to you try to interact with the mascot. He's trying to interact with as many different people as possible. It doesn't mean that Crunch was racist to me. It doesn't mean that he was being mean and and trying to be a bully to me. It means that there's 20,000 other people in the arena that he's trying to interact with. And he's also trying to be entertaining. I don't, why is the first thought always, well, he did this on purpose. Uh, we, we better do something about it. I better get a lawyer. 
Why is that everyone's first thought these days? Well, I, I better get a lawyer. Well, talk to a manager. Now, I, I've, 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 uh, I've heard from people before. Locally, I won't name the restaurant. They go to a restaurant and they have a terrible meal and really terrible service. And then they talk to a manager and the manager just ends up being somebody that shouldn't be in a management position. And then uh, they're like, well, what do we do then? Don't go back. Don't go back to that restaurant. Don't give them money. And feel feel free to leave a nice Google review. That's what all of that is there for. Leave a review on Yelp. Leave a review on Google. If you didn't like your experience at Chuck E. Cheese, the first order of business shouldn't be, well, I'm going to sue you. Don't go back. Now, again, this is how this is how I feel a lot of people think. And this is what this show is all about. You can have it both ways. You can have two sides of the argument. You can't you can't run a like a racist organization. You can't you can't have people who are openly racist working for you and stuff. But to me, there's really no proof here that the man in the Chuck the Chuck E. Cheese costume and the the organization of Chuck E. Cheese is racist. If there was if if the mascot was openly saying heinous things, sure, then then maybe we talk about a lawsuit then. Maybe we talk about different things then. But because your child that's two, the child was visibly upset because the child didn't know what the hell was even going on. All of this adult speak of you being slighted, a two-year-old cannot comprehend that. They can't say anything about it because they don't understand the world. That's why they're two. They haven't gone to school yet. Sometimes we just need to calm down and take a step back. But that's the thing. You, you can have a conversation. You can, we, we can have a debate on the show. I mean, I'm going to be right. My opinion's right. That's, I mean, I hate to be uh, an ass about it. But I'm, it's my show. Like that's the thing. It's not. A, it's not a. It's not a, a two-way street here. It's a one-way conversation. I, I want your opinion. Tell me why I'm wrong. Go ahead. Email me, inherentdream at yahoo.com. But I have the final say. Isn't that nice? That's the thing about social media too. The thing on social media, more so Twitter. I mean Facebook too. But everybody's just talking over each other. No one's listening. No one's listening. Everybody just wants to talk over each other, blah, 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 blah. Well, God gave you two ears and one mouth, as the great Judge Judy says. God gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason. Maybe you should be listening. More on Spotlight coming up. We got uh, Free For All Friday, Mark Stone, weekly football picks. Up next, Book Club. This is the Trevor J. Brown Show on the Inherent Dream Podcast Network. The Trevor J. Brown Show. Looking to buy or sell online but don't know where to start? Look no further than Jensen Sales Plus. JSP makes buying and selling online easy. From Craigslist to Amazon, eBay to Etsy, they can help you with it all. Check out their website for more information, JensenSalesPlus.com. That's JensenSalesPlus.com. 
The Trevor J. Brown Show. Come along with the Inherent Dream Podcast Network and promote your business, and let's make the next year a record year. The Inherent Dream Podcast Network is home to The Trevor J. Brown Show and 763 The Local with more shows debuting soon. Our advertising packages are super affordable and will get your message in front of thousands. Unique and entertaining podcasts and content being produced right here in central Minnesota. Support local. Interested in learning more? Connect with us at InherentDream at Yahoo.com. The Inherent Dream Podcast Network. This isn't business as usual. All right, let's fire up Book Club. It's been a while since I have reviewed a book here on the show. But I want to talk about the latest from Chris Wallace. It's a number one national bestseller. It's called Countdown Bin Laden, the untold story of the 247-day hunt to bring the mastermind of 9-11 to justice. This is part of Chris Wallace's Countdown series. He also wrote Countdown 1945, the story about the atomic bomb. Uh, Following Chris Wallace's riveting and propulsive first book, Countdown 1945, comes a deeply reported, revelatory, and thrilling told account of the final months of the hunt for Osama bin Laden. On August 27, 2010, three CIA officers asked for a private meeting with CIA Director Leon Panetta. During that secret session, they tell Panetta that agents have tracked a courier with deep Al-Qaeda ties to a three-story house at the end of a dead-end street in Abbottabad, Pakistan. But they say it's more than a house. It's a heavily protected fortress. No one in the meeting says the name Bin Laden. They don't have to. Everyone understands that finally, after nearly a decade, maybe, just maybe, they found the world's most wanted man. In Countdown Bin Laden, celebrated journalist and anchor Former anchor of Fox News Sunday, Chris Wallace, delivers a thrilling new account of the final eight months of intelligence gathering, national security strategizing, and meticulous military planning that leads to the climatic mission when SEAL Team 6 closes in on its target. The book delivers new information collected from Wallace's in-depth interviews with more than a dozen central figures, including Admiral William H. McRaven, leader of the operation in Pakistan, as well as CIA Director Panetta, Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, Defense Secretary Robert Gates, National Security Advisor uh, Tom uh, uh, Donilon, not sure if I'm pronouncing his last name correctly, and also two members of SEAL Team 6 who participate in the raid, including the special operator who kills Osama bin Laden. Wallace also brings to life the human elements of this story, talking to families who lost loved ones on 9-11, sharing what relatives of SEAL Team 6 went through, and bringing us inside the tent situation room during the raid. Published on the 20th anniversary of 9-11, Countdown Bin Laden is a historical thriller filled with intrigue, cinematic action, and fresh reporting about the race to apprehend and bring to justice the mastermind of the most consequential terrorist attack in American history. It is written by Chris Wallace, also by Mitch Weiss. So with these countdown books, I always feel like it starts off a little slow. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Because what it'll do is in whatever chapter you're on, it'll say like, okay, 
day 247. So you're 247 days out at the beginning from when you get to the action. And then it'll go down to, you know, 245. It doesn't go day by day by day. Sometimes you skip days. But then towards the end, it'll say like 13 minutes, 12 minutes, and you're getting closer and closer and closer. You're counting down to when they get Osama bin Laden. And it's the same case for when they dropped the atomic bomb in uh, in his first book, Countdown 1945. It's a great book. It just, I always feel like these books start off a little bit slower because they're trying to sort of set the base for you, which I understand why they do that. But as the book goes on, once you get about, you know, a third of the way through, then it really starts to heat up and you get these really juicy details. Let me tell you something too. All you people that think the FBI and the CIA, that these guys are idiots. I I will trust our national intelligence. I will trust our law enforcement 10 out of 10 times, 100% of the time. Because there's a part in this book and there's there's multiple parts of this book that give details like this. But they were curious to know like who lived here. How long have they been here? There was this guy that would come out every day and for like two hours, they called him the pacer. He would go into this garden area in this house, this this fortress, and he would just walk back and forth getting his exercise. But they could never tell through facial recognition 100% that it was him. We're one of the only countries in the world that could determine that, that could even see that. The CIA and intelligence, they studied the laundry that hung on the line outside of this house. That was a key part to determining what type of people lived here. They studied the laundry. This wasn't just some mission where they broke in and they were like, well, we think it might be him, so we're just going to go in. There were so many things that had to be planned. There were so many things that could have went wrong. Even flying in on those helicopters, the temperature, if the temperature would have been two degrees more, more terrible things could happen. They lost a helicopter on on the flight. And part of that reason was it was too hot. They didn't plan on certain things to happen at certain times, but based on the weight of the men and the stuff that they had to take with them, the equipment that they had to take with them, the fueling, the conditions, all of that is has to be taken into account. This isn't just some willy-nilly, oh, we're going to fly in and get them. And that's why all you dumbasses that are like, you know what, the, the CIA, they're, they're, in on, well, they're in on this the election fraud, blah, 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 blah. Oh, you know, the FBI, they're, blah, blah. Yeah, you're all for law enforcement. When you, you sit on your couch eating Cheetos, watching cops. Now, and, and, and we, we appreciate the show cops. We, we like that. We, you know, we, we love law enforcement too. Um, but the FBI and the CIA, that's like law enforcement, like badass. 
Like these are the real deal dudes and, and women. These guys are smart. Like these are the people you want on your team. And, uh, that's the reason why, why, that we got him. Like, yeah, the guy that pulled the trigger, that team that got Ben Laden, that was part of it. But it took months of strategic planning to figure it out. And it, it wasn't 100%. They, they could never tell you 100% when they brought all of these plans to Barack Obama. Obviously, he's commander-in-chief. He makes the final call. They could never tell him 100%. Barack, this this is 100% Osama bin Laden. They could, they could never do it. Odds are that it was. But it was still a, a, a huge, huge risk. I recommend both books. If you have not read Countdown 1945... That's out now. It's called Countdown 1945, The Extraordinary Story of the Atomic Bomb and the 116 Days that Changed the World. And uh, again, the one that I just finished, Countdown Bin Laden, The Untold Story of the 247-Day Hunt to Bring the Mastermind of 9-11 to Justice. I don't know if he's going to write another one. It's part of his Countdown series. So he's done 1945. He's done Bin Laden. There's a ton of different topics he could do. And I was trying to think in my head, like, well, what's something that would be super interesting that I I don't really know a hell of a lot more about and I'd like to know more about? How about the Berlin Wall? Like, that would be a really fascinating thing for someone to dive into. Because if you think about it, the war in Germany, in Berlin, ended in 1945. And yes, there there wasn't uh, mass war going on like we think of war. But with the Berlin Wall going up, there were remnants of World War II in Germany until the wall came down. Think about that. Think about how that situation, how they divided up Germany and how that was all sort of botched in a way, in the Berlin Wall. And I'd, I'd like to learn more about that. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what Chris Wallace is, is working on next, but uh, whatever it will be, I will most likely purchase the next book in the Countdown series. But yeah, definitely check those out. I recommend them. They start off a little slow, but just remember he's he's laying the base. And, uh, and then by the end, it will go day by day by day. And then you're going like hour by hour. And then you're going like seconds by seconds until the mission is is complete. Again, it is out now, written by Chris Wallace and Mitch Weiss. Countdown Bin Laden, the untold story of the 247-day hunt to bring the mastermind of 9-11 to justice. It is available on Amazon, paperback $17.99, hardcover $12.52, and audio CD $24.69. This is the Trevor J. Brown Show on the Inherent Dream Podcast Network. The Trevor J. Brown Show. Time to relax. Time to treat yourself. Time for a massage. Time to head to In Good Hands Massage in Malacca. In Good Hands Massage specializes in all types of massage, including deep tissue, relaxation, hot stone, sports massage, and more. They also offer salt lamps, essential oils, and much more. 
Book your appointment today or get your gift cards at facebook.com slash massage by Lindsay. In Good Hands Massage in Malacca, the official relaxation spot of the Trevor J. Brown Show. Mark Stone coming up, Free For All Friday, weekly football picks next segment, but let's first get to the Moron Spotlight. An apparel company known for inflammatory apparel, being the champion of the Second Amendment and Donald J. Trump, has been fined after the Federal Trade Commission found the company falsely claimed its imported apparel is made in the USA. Utah-based Lions Not Sheep and its owner, Sean Whalen, were slapped with a $211,000 fine last week after the FTC found the company removed made-in-China tags, replacing them with fake made-in-the-USA labels. According to an FTC news release, the fine comes on the heels of a complaint filed by the FTC in May. According to the FTC, the company added phony made-in-USA labels to clothing Imported from China and other countries, the FTC release did not identify the other countries. Uh, The apparel company sells items including t-shirts, sweatshirts, and jackets on its website as well as through Amazon and Etsy. Products, according to the FTC, are marketed heavily through social media channels claiming that it would show people it's possible to live your life as a lion, not a sheep. Some shirts on its website read, Give violence a chance, depict former President Trump as the Terminator, and feature military-style firearms. The company's website read, You have two choices to be led or to be led or to be led. LED or to be L to be L-E-A-D or LED. Okay. Well, whatever whatever that means. A Trump supporter who called cops weasels on January 6th sentenced to prison. A Capitol rioter who pushed against a police line on January 6th before storming the building and calling the police officers little effing, spineless effing, oath-violating little effing weasels. He was sentenced to eight months in federal prison. See, we're all for, these, these, these clowns are all for law enforcement until... They killed people on January 6th. Then then it's someone else's fault? Glenn Simon pleaded guilty first in October, then again in April after more evidence against him was discovered to account of disorderly and disruptive conduct in a restricted building or grounds. Chief Judge Beryl A. Howell noted that he had a plated vest, joined a mob pushing a bike rack against a line of officers, and entered the building as the tip of the mob. Simon Howell said helped incite the crowd by yelling and cursing at law enforcement and then lied twice to the FBI about his actions on January 6th. There's a picture of him here. He's wearing his little Kevlar vest that he bought at the uh, the Army surplus store. Now, all these all these all these douchebags. You've never been a cop. You've never served in the military. So you go you go and you buy all of this stuff, you get it online, you go to the army surplus store, you 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 dress up in your fatigues, you're playing pretend. That's what you are, you're phony. It's absolutely ridiculous. And 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 you you sit you you're a you're a keyboard warrior. You got your Twitter fingers going. 
you're you're a big old badass, not in front of any anybody. Sitting in your mom's basement. Oh, you're you're a big bad wolf. But then you, you that's what I don't understand. You're pro law enforcement. All of these clowns, oh yeah, we they fly the they fly the blue lives matter flag outside. But then these are the same people that went to Washington, D.C. on January 6th to try to overturn an election. These are also the same people that clearly don't understand the Constitution because it was mainly a formality what was going on on January 6th. You realize that Congress didn't have the authority to overturn the election. Mike Pence didn't have that power. An eight-year-old girl selling lemonade near an Ohio food festival had her operation shut down by local police after they received a complaint from a Karen. Asia Baker was selling lemonade in an alley outside the business where her father works near the Alliance Ohio Rib and Food Festival when she says a local police officer asked her to shut down the stand. Well, they were really sad that they had to shut me down, but they gave me $20 to try and pay for it, Baker said, explaining that the officer gave her $20 for her to use to purchase the needed permit. Alliance Police Lieutenant Don Wenzel told WJW-TV that police received a complaint from festival organizers who seemed to be conflicted about voicing their concerns, but ultimately officers are required to enforce local ordinances. Yeah, God forbid I can get a uh, a nice cold cup of lemonade from this girl who's probably charging, what, 50 cents or a dollar? No, we're the uh, the food fest organizers. Uh, you have to come into our festival and it's $8 for a lemonade. Yeah, you got to make that money somehow, right? I could definitely tell he did not want to shut her down, but I mean, you get a call, he has to do it. He definitely did the right thing, you know, in the situation he was put in, Katrina Moore Asia's mother told the outlet. Wenzel said that while police are not targeting children selling lemonade, the city ordinance in Alliance states that vendors must obtain licenses before selling products to the public, which prompted this unusual circumstance. In order to get a food vendor's license, it only lasts for five days and it's $40 for five days. So that's kind of out of the picture. If she wants to sell on the street, she has to get a street permit. If she sells in front of a business, we have to get a solicitor's permit. Baker's lemonade stand was up and running again on Friday in front of local business owner Eric Strada's location where police said they would not interfere. Strada had seen a Facebook post about Baker's predicament and offered to help with the permit process. Well, she probably, this little girl probably made a ton of money because I'm sure a ton of people saw the story about some Karen calling and complaining. And uh, they were like, you know what? We're going to go buy some lemonade. I normally wouldn't do this because it's lemonade. Who cares? Sometimes stories like that, you know, you, you, uh, you hear stuff like that. It actually ends up helping people, but uh, do you, do you not have anything to do? You got to call and complain on a little girl selling lemonade. I mean, my goodness, how, how, what have we gotten to in life? Do you not have anything better to do? It's absolutely, absolutely ridiculous. It, it makes me upset. It makes me upset sometimes. But then you have to think of the good side of it, too. Right, someone called and complained. She had to shut down her stand. She got another chance to go sell the lemonade. And I guarantee you she just made bank. 
at that place. So, you know, you have a little hiccup in the road. You readjust your business plan. And now look at her. She's probably had a very, very Merry Christmas. Hopefully she bought, if she has brothers and sisters, hopefully the girl with the lemonade stand uh, bought, bought her uh, brothers and sisters some nice Christmas gifts. Mark Stone is next. Mr. TNT on a free-for-all Friday weekly football picks. This is the Trevor J. Brown Show on the Inherent Dream Podcast Network. The Trevor J. Brown Show. Food and Song Volume 4 is out now. A collection of 12 diverse tracks from a variety of amazing musicians. All with Minnesota ties. From rock, alternative, reggae, gospel, experimental, to acoustic, Volume 4 has something for everyone. The premise of Food and Song is simple. You buy the digital album, you enjoy some amazing music, and you help local food shelves. Every penny we make from these compilations, after taxes and transaction fees, gets donated to local food shelves in Minnesota. Get your copy of Food and Song, Volume 4, or any of the older compilations at InherentDream.Bandcamp.com. It's Friday. Mark Stone is here. Stone, how the hell are you? You know what, Trevor? It finally happened this last week. The Carved in Stone bet of the week finally lost after seven straight weeks of delivering you winners. Indianapolis had to go and crap the bet on Monday. Jeff Saturday, not a good coach. Well, (laughs) oh, good old Jeff Saturday. There's a ton of good coaches. Hey, Buddy Wackett got whacked this week. Your thoughts on that? You know what? If you get a nickname on this show, you better start brushing up your resume because you're going to be in line somewhere here very soon. We've already got rid of Matt Jaw Rule. Yeah. We've gotten rid of Buddy Wackett. Cliff Dingleberry, somehow you keep holding on just like a Dingleberry does. But I just don't know how long that's going to last. You know what? We never really got a nickname, though, for Urban Meyer. Yeah, we did it because we didn't have enough time. Yeah, it was, there wasn't a whole lot of time there. I was going to lead off introducing you tonight. I was going to say it's another week and another uh, another shrug of the shoulders of where the hell will Carlos Correa go. Before we get to football, as we record this right now, what the hell is going on with Carlos Correa? I, I, his medical records apparently don't look good. I'm wondering if this is kind of a throwback to the injury he had at the beginning of the season. I mean, it seems like it took forever for him to get into the Twins lineup this year. And even that, I didn't really feel like he put on that good of a year. I mean, he was solid, but yeah. he, isn't, he isn't what I, I feel like everybody's trying to throw him money for past performance. He's on the younger side of the age, correct, and at the same point in time hoping he returns to that, but it sounds like his medical records – isn't stating such hey this thing plays right <laughs> he may return to the twins yeah i mean one or two year deal and it might be actually something they can afford well what's interesting to me is as you know if you're a twins fan you've got to say all right well we're not out of it yet but then sort of playing devil's advocate with it is did the twins medical staff do their due diligence on the guy because they, they offered him, what, eight years or ten years at 285, and then he signs with the Giants. They do the physical. Then they, they nix that. 
And then you go to the Mets, and now they have questions. Well, how come the Twins didn't have questions, or do they just not give a rat's ass? I don't know if they gave a rat's ass as much because they didn't offer as much, and I have a feeling the years weren't there. Yeah. So I think that's part of it. I think what you're probably looking at when you're talking to a 9 to 10 or even, what, a 12-year deal was originally offered to him, I think, you're talking about he may have an injury, whether we're talking in the knees or whatever, that may be degenerative. Yeah. So it's where you're probably going to get four to five good years out of him. You're not going to get nine to 12. And I think that's the big issue. you got a red flag already where this guy might not even be able to DH after year eight because he can't run around the bases without a knee replacement. I think that's a freaking big red flag. All right, we got a full slate of games for Week 17 in the National Football League. Let's hop right into it. We will start with, uh, I don't know if it's a uh, a dumpster fire game of the week, but it it won't really be all that great. Arizona, Cliff Dingleberry, 4-11. The Atlanta Falcons, they're out of it. They're 5-10. But I'm going to take the uh, young Atlanta Falcons at home. Yeah, I'm in agreement in this one. I mean, let's face it, Arizona's terrible against the run. Atlanta's back at home. I know, I know. Colt McCoy is now going to start in place of McSorley, which is a boost to Arizona, to the Arizona offense. And for all those of you out there in your fantasy league championships or toilet bowls or whatever this week, you got DeAndre Harpigans and Marquise Brown, well, then at least you can rejoice in the fact that they may be able to contribute to your lineup. But besides that, Arizona just stinks. So I think Atlanta wins at home. Neither one of these teams has anything to play for other than draft position. So I guess uh, we'll see where it falls, but I'm going to agree with you with the Falcons. Yeah, looking at the rest of the schedule here, that that might be the dumpster fire game of the week. Overall, though, the, the slate of games is not too bad this weekend. Uh, we get Miami coming up to Chili Foxborough. The Dolphins are 8-7. and seven. The Patriots are 7-8. and eight. Both of these teams have not been playing good football lately. I'm going to take the Patriots at home. They must win if they want any chance at all at the playoffs. They got to win. I'm taking New England at home disagreement here with you i've got teddy bridgewater starting for the dolphins they have all their weapons i can't get out of my head what happened last week with new england i told you on this show they were going to make the upset they lost they were one of my two bets i lost we already mentioned jeff saturday and the colts earlier i can't get out of my head and teddy what teddy bridgewater does very well is teddy covers and miami is right now at two and a half points dog i got him at three i laid the bet down on him at three already so if you can get a three point miami as a plus three you take that bet because this is going to be a close game but like me and trevor are split and i think so is most of the public here but i think miami's gonna win mark stone is here eagles at home they're 13 and two saints suck they're six and nine tons of turmoil in in new orleans Uh, i'm gonna take philly to bounce back and win here Yeah, I mean, valiant effort by Philly last week. I said it was going to be closer than than what the line was. It was. Dallas should have piss-pounded them. They didn't. There's a lot of questions there. But, yes, I think Philly does win this back at home and and puts New Orleans to bed here. Giants have come back down to earth. They're 8-6-1. The Colts are 4-10-1. I will take the Giants at home. 
Colts are just pure terrible here. The Giants are playing still for a playoff spot. This is, again, a layup. When it's a layup, you got to put that basket in the hoop, baby. And Brian Dayball is the master of the balls. He'll put it in there, <laughs> and the Giants will win this one to set up a great showdown next week. Battle of the NFC South. The Panthers somehow 6-9. and nine. The Buccaneers 7-8. and eight. You know, it's funny when you watch a Buccaneers game, Stone, all these guys are like, oh, well, you know, they just got to put it together. They just got to put it together. It's like they haven't put it together up until this point. I don't think they're going to. I still think they're better than Carolina. I think they win this game. I think they win the South, but I don't have them doing much in the playoffs. But for this game, I'll take Tampa Bay at home. Yeah, something's something's going on here. I don't know what it is. I picked Carolina last week, and a lot of people jive the other way, and they deliver big time. But that's the big thing we talk about on this show. When these teams come off of a big emotional win, it sets up for a letdown the next week. And let's face it, Tampa Bay let themselves down last week. Tom's in the position here. He does not want to go quietly into the night. Tampa needs to win this game. They lose this game. They no longer control their own destiny. They're at home. I'm picking Tampa to win, even though it's not the dumpster fire game of the week, but it feels like the dumpster bet of the week. So let's just go with Tampa here and see what happens. Buddy Wackett fired Denver 4-11. So that means one of two things. Either the Broncos just put their tail between their legs and hobble home, or they play inspired football stone. They're going to Arrowhead, though, to play the Chiefs 12-3. and I need a big day for Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs and Jarek McKinnon in my fantasy football championship. I'm keeping my fingers crossed that that happens, but knowing how these things work, the Broncos are going to come amped up, ready to play. I'm still taking the Chiefs, but I will say it'll be closer than it should be. Broncos repped me in my picks last week. That would have been a big pickup if they would have pulled out that win. Of course, it wasn't even close as they totally crapped the bet against the Rams. His defense gave up on Buddy Wackett mm-hmm. <laughs> going into last week. It was pretty obvious. I think they bounce back this week. I think they not necessarily make it close, but it's closer than I think going to be the line of the 12 and a half. Yes. So if you, if you do want to bet the Broncos, I'm not going to say it's a bad bet. It's not one of my top three, but I'm in agreement with you. Kansas City's at home. It's Arrowhead. It's December. Or it's January, actually January 1st. Um, so I think they do win this one. Bears and Lions. The Bears 3 and 12. Lions 7 and 8. Lions Fighting for that playoff spot. I'm taking the Motor City Kitties at home. Oh, you walked into the Stone Cold Lock of the Week. Dan Campbell embarrassed last week against Carolina. I called the shot, folks. <laughs> I didn't want to, but you know what that means. When you're embarrassing, you're a team that's better than that because the Lions are better than that. Dan Campbell is kicking back all the Starbucks espressos he can get his hands <laughs> on here for this game. And Chicago, Chicago, all they've got against this Lions defense is Justin Fields running around. I do think Justin Fields could probably have 150 yards in this game, but that's not going to be enough to keep up with the high octaneness of not only the double and triple espresso that Dan Campbell is bringing, but that this Lions offense is doing against this Bears defense, which as I have said on this show numerous times, 
can't stop a nosebleed ever since Roquan Smith has left town. Detroit is the Stone Cold Lock of the Week, and they will set up with a showdown with Green Bay next week and Lambeau for that last spot. Browns and Commanders on Sunday at noon. The Browns done 6-9. Oh, they're pretty much done. The Commanders 7-7-1. Seven, seven Riverboat Ron, I'm taking the Commanders. Carson Wentz back at the helm again. We will see what happens. The Riverboat Ron running the gamut again. Let's face it, Cleveland, there's a couple things that we know Cleveland cannot do, and that is block effectively here for Deshaun Watson, who again still has not found his sea legs yet for this team. And you can run on the Browns as well. Washington, you look for a big game. Brian Robinson, for any of those that are looking to plug in a running back for your championship week in your leagues as well, I think Washington gets it done as well. Give me the commanders. Potential trap game here, Stone. I'm taking Jacksonville. They're 7-8. and eight. The Texans are 2-12-1. But the Texans have been playing better football lately, and uh, we'll see what happens. They... they uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, they're, they're still dog crap, but uh, I think they're going to give Jacksonville a fight, at least for the first half. Trevor, come on. <laughs> this is the carved in stone bet of the week, baby. You go to the window and you throw it down on Houston. With the, it was four and a half when I threw it down. It is now up to four, but plus four. So that line is dwindling. Here's our problem. One thing is certain, just like on Thursday night with Tennessee benching everybody and Dallas taking care of business, you've got Jacksonville in the same boat. This game means absolutely nothing to them. You think they're going to roll things out against them and risk injury when they're playing for the division championship last week? And let's face it, Houston all of a sudden now after winning last week apparently wants to win games. (laughs) So they are going to win this game. Houston always owns Jacksonville the same way Jacksonville always owns Indy. Rack it up, Houston, Texas, the carved in stone bed of the week, and go to the money line, baby. Niners and the Raiders, uh, no Derek Carr. We've probably seen the last of him in a Raiders uniform. Your 49ers are just licking their chops going into this game. They're 11-4. and four. I like your team. Yeah, you, you said it all. No Derek Carr. <laughs> Jared Stidham. What? Yeah. Who? <laughs> Niners, Niners are rolling right now. You can arguably say they are the best team top to bottom in the league right now. Unstoppable. They will win in Vegas. Keep rolling. Next matchup. Uh, Jets and Seahawks. Uh, both these teams, seven and eight. They both still have a shot. Um, man, I just the quarterback play for the Jets has just been their biggest Achilles heel this year if you would have just had uh, just like a C minus quarterback all year this team could have probably won 10 games they still would have been a wild card but i mean most likely a wild card with the bills in that division but my goodness i they have a better defense but i they just can't move the ball i'm going to take seattle at home here disagreement here the book is out on geno smith he sucks again okay (laughs) mike fucking white is back for the jets baby at the helm which means this offense is going to be opened again this jets defense is no joke this is my third bet for this week 
Jets, negative one and a half points. Take the points and the Jets, baby. They will win by more than two and keep their playoff hopes alive while Seattle continues to circle the drain. Give me the Jets on the road. Okay, fantasy football question for you. Jets defense on the road or Kansas City at home against Denver? Jets defense on the road. Ooh. I def- don't trust Geno, dude. They've got the they've got ever since this guy was named to the Pro Bowl, he has been horrible. <laughs> it's like all the defensive coordinators like, oh yeah, we remember how to beat this guy now. And that's all they can do. Seattle's going to need to run the ball early and often to have a shot in this game and the Jets defense is capable of shutting down the run but they but they will shut down the pass that is guaranteed the battle for Los Angeles is Sunday at 325 the Chargers 9 and 6 the Rams 5 and 10 Stone the Rams are playing inspired football with Baker Mayfield but I don't give a shit the Chargers need this game uh I'll take the Chargers but uh I think the Rams keep it tight yeah, if you want to place another bet, the Rams are your bet here at six and a half is the line on it because I don't think the Chargers are going to win by a touchdown. Let's face it, Brandon Staley somehow pulled one out of his ass last week and was able to cover as a favorite, but they're not going to do it here. They can call it a home game, but it, both teams are at home. I, The Chargers just are disgusting. I just, I, you, you, This offense should be better than what it is. It's not. Uh, their defense, again, they can't stop the run, so expect a big game again from Cam Akers somehow. Um, so you got those things going on. I'll pick the Chargers to win, but it's going to be close, and it's going to be disgusting. Vikings and Packers, if you want offense, tune into this game. Vikings 12-3, and three, Packers 7-8. and eight. I'm going with your formula, Stone. Packers win. It sets up a, a NFC showdown that will probably be Sunday night football next week. Lions, Packers for that last spot. I'm taking the Packers at home. Already called my shot. You know I'm going with the Pack here. They're on a roll. They're at home outdoors. The weather isn't going to be great. you got a Vikings team that can't close out anybody. I think it'll be a close game, but the difference will be the home field advantage in Lambeau, and this time you're not going to have Christian Watson dropping a bomb pass to open up the game. If that same thing lines up again, he's got those DBs from Minnesota beat, he will catch that ball, and he will be going to town, and the race will be on. I do think this is going to be a shootout, but I do think Green Bay does win. I love the Sunday night matchup. Steelers and Ravens, this is one of the best rivalries in all the sports. Ah, uh, man. I, you know, I haven't been high on Baltimore Baltimore all year. I think they're a, a, a very average 10-5 and five team. Maybe they come back. Maybe what I've been saying all year comes back to bite my ass in the playoffs. I'm taking Tomlin and the Steelers on the road. Agreement here with you, which is probably surprising. But let's face it, Baltimore's already clinched the playoff spot. They're ten and five. They've been the most blah 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 team this this season for us talking on here. We we're like we know they're supposed to be good, but they haven't been yeah. that good. Is Lamar back for this game? Uh, I I have not heard yet. As we record this, I I do it not know. Doesn't matter if Lamar's <laughs> back for this game or not because he hasn't thrown a football in over a month, and he'll probably suck if he does. So give me Pittsburgh. I love it. All right, and then uh, Monday Night Football, everyone's going so hard on the Bills on this game. I'm not quite sure why. I feel like the Bengals have, have been playing 
I don't know. Like they're not your Niners, but damn, they're eleven and four. The Bills are twelve and three. I'm taking Cincinnati at home here, Stone. Wow. I like the pick, but I don't like it enough to go along with you. I'm going to go with Buffalo, and here's why. I've told you earlier in the season, Trevor, when Cincinnati started getting hot, I thought they were a top three team in the AFC along with the Bills and the Chiefs. Buffalo is up against the wall and really needs to prove things because we've kind of felt ever since their win against Kansas City, this team just hasn't been as good, has not lived up Mm -hmm. to the billing of being no pun intended. The Bills. Of, one team, of being one of the top two teams in the AFC. But I do think they come out with a win here on the road, and they prove once again that they belong in that tier. Bengals losing here sets up things interesting against Baltimore possibly, but it doesn't really matter. They'll still have a game up on them, so there's that. But, yes, I think the Bills win this, and, and Cincinnati's hot streak gets cooled off just for a little bit enjoy the games this weekend and then we have week uh, 18 and then it's the playoffs already boy the season has just uh, flown by but it's it's been a hell of a lot of fun and uh, look forward to the games this weekend we'll talk to you next week my friend we will on another free for all friday on the trevor j brown show the trevor j brown show can't get enough of the trevor j brown show join trevor for bonus content saturday exclusively on the spotify app for bonus content saturday trevor spins the tunes he's enjoying right now tunes he loves from the past great local music and also continues to build his playlist of his favorite and in his opinion the greatest songs of all time join trevor for bonus content saturday exclusively on the spotify app Tomorrow, we have bonus content Saturday for you exclusively on the Spotify app. We'll be playing some of the best new music, in my opinion. Then, when we get into January, we turn the calendar over and it'll be 2023. The next two weeks, I'll be unveiling some of my favorite songs from the past year. And then, in the middle of the month on bonus content Saturday, we'll be getting back to our playlist of the thousand greatest songs of all time bonus content saturday exclusively on the spotify app because we play music we also want to tell you about 763 the local it launches on monday we're very excited about this our 30 minute daily podcast monday through friday where we will have local news for you we will have local weather and sports community calendar, and much more. This is a local podcast for Central Minnesota, Elk River, Zimmerman, Princeton, Malacca, and the surrounding communities. It'll be right here on the podcast network, and that is available on Spotify, Anchor, Google, Apple, Amazon, iHeart. We have links all up on InherentDream.com, and we want to send a huge thank you to all of our sponsors including Elizabeth Merwin Smith with over 35 years of experience in all aspects of real estate. New detached townhomes for adults 55 plus is Beth's passion. Start enjoying a low maintenance lifestyle. She's dedicated to provide a smooth transition to your new home, including the sale of your current home. 763 The Local also brought to you by Fox Point Publishing, an independent, full-service, hybrid press of professionals. Fox Point Publishing is here to introduce readers to new 
storytellers. Also brought to you by Zimmerman Floral and Gifts, your hometown florist with a lovely variety of fresh flowers and creative gift ideas to suit any budget or style. Shop Zimmerman Floral and Gifts today because every day looks better with flowers. Also brought to you by In Good Hands Massage. Be sure to treat yourself to a massage. In Good Hands Massage specializes in all types of massage, including deep tissue, relaxation, hot stone, sports massage, and more. Be sure to book your appointment today. Also brought to you by Jensen Sales Plus. If you're looking to buy or sell online, look no further than JSP. They make buying and selling online easy. From Craigslist to Amazon to eBay, they do it all. And you can count on Jensen Sales Plus to not only meet, but to exceed all of your needs and requests. And also brought to you by Metawana Visionary, a psychic medium located in central Minnesota with one-hour readings at $200, 45-minute readings at $175, and 30-minute reading starting at 150. We have links to all of these great sponsors' websites or Facebook pages at inherentdream.com backslash sponsors. Again, thank you to all of our amazing sponsors. And if you're a business out there in central Minnesota and want to build your brand, we have thousands of potential new customers waiting to hear your message. Email us, inherentdream at yahoo.com to get started. We would love uh, to work with you here. And again, 763 The Local is launching on Monday. Again, it's only 30 minutes, so we're going to try to fit in as much stuff as we possibly can each day. 30-minute daily podcast, local news, weather, sports, community calendar, all the good stuff right here on the Inherent Dream Podcast Network. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great weekend. This has been the Trevor J. Brown Show. The opinions expressed on this show do not express the views of staff, management, or sponsors of Inherent Dream Production Company or streaming services where the show may be heard. The Trevor J. Brown Show is a production of Inherent Dream Production Company. This is the Inherit Dream Podcast Network.